Whoa, check out the shapes. Oh, shit. It's a cocoon and a butterfly's coming out? Look at the faces. I can't take it. They're looking into me. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Wait, is that an octopus or the coronavirus? It's an ori. We're inside it, man. So what did you think of my new screensaver? Sorry, there's supposed to be flying toasters. Welcome to Mechanical Freak. We're broadcasting live from Jeff Bezos' office in unbelievably rainy Seattle, Washington, that city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia today, where we're all huddled around his Boston Dynamics dog trying to teach it to go for the throat when it hears the phrase, day one. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. It's me, Colin. I'm with Greg and Brian, and we have two friends with us today. Munya and Cassidy, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Hi. Hey, thanks for having Hi. us. Hi, guys. Hey. hey, gang. Friends. How's it going? Comrades. <laughs> suckers. <laughs> you are listeners to a great beginning. <laughs> the Seattle Sucks podcast is undergoing a rebirth, a metamorphosis. It is still the great taste you love, but in a new box. And we're adding crunch berries. From this episode forth, as you heard, this broadcast will be called Mechanical Freak. Of course, Seattle still sucks and likely always will. We vow to continue to bring you the hyper-local profanity you crave. All the same, we feel that 2021 is the time to shake things up. Call it a midlife crisis, whatever. The point is, three dudes really will reinvent a podcast instead of going to therapy. <laughs> we do this podcast week in and week out. If we're going to continue, we got to spice it up a little, you know, to keep things interesting. <laughs> to that end, we've recruited a fourth and a fifth. Wow. <laughs> we're ramping up the polycule. <laughs> exactly. The truth is... We've been grooming Cassidy and for some time. They oh. are among... Oh, that's what's been happening. <laughs> they are among our most popular guests and are our very good friends. Against all reason, they have agreed to join us today and to pop in from time to time going forward to lend their voices, ideas, interests, and expertises to the show. Welcome, Cassidy and Munya, to Mechanical Freak. Welcome, everybody. Uh, hey man, listen, Seattle still sucks. You know, we're not leaving that behind. You know, we haven't even made merch yet. There's still going to be Seattle sucks t-shirts, but, uh, we're looking for a new chapter. We're still born to pod guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever happens, we must create content. <laughs> How you guys feeling? Uh, Cassidy, Munya. I mean, wow. What an intro. Thank you. Yeah, no, that was great. <laughs> Really, really insightful. Even some revelations we didn't even know about. Right. So that, that's <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, 
there were certain parts that uh, I was supposed to cut the audio out so you guys couldn't hear it. And <laughs> honestly, I meant to do that, but I was just thinking about crunch berries and I totally forgot. No, 2021 <laughs> is all about radical transparency. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Also, the age of Aquarius, right, guys? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, the age of Aquarius is dawn again, like. It, it's all coming together. Like how how could we not take this opportunity to reinvent ourselves uh, to propel us into the future? This is going to be an episode about the future. Um, we're going to talk about all the um, beautiful new things to come in 2021 in the world. Uh, and but really, it's about uh, welcoming you guys. Um, you know, the listeners know who you are. Uh, they've enjoyed uh, your contributions before. You know, uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, our friend Cassidy is a goddamn dirty electoralist <laughs> who, Sorry. you know, is also a union organizer and um, knows a lot about Washington politics. Munya's just a really cool dude who I'm, you know, really stoked as my pal. And also an organizer. I'm just some guy. Yeah, he's just a <laughs> really To be honest, cool I'm just like another dude. <laughs> exactly. That's what um, we no, need no, is more a... dudes on the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I've been saying, actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, is it, you know, but also you're an organizer, Monia, and you're involved a badass in organizer that, that you've talked about before. And we want to hear more about in the future. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Munya, what what are your feelings about like uh, 2021 generally? Like, how are you feeling about wow. the new year? I'm feeling it, it's interesting, you know, because I feel like every time we're in this new year, right, and we get to usually like you know convene with people and you know talk about how shitty this last year has been and how great this other year has been, and it was just like really refreshing to me to just kind of ex- finally experience the continuum of that. And realizing that, like, you know, we couldn't, no one could ever even, like, you know, try to claim with a straight face that, you know, oh, you know, this is a fresh start. Let's, uh, let's just keep on going. We're just, like, continuing down this, like, this hell train. And I am, like, here for it. This is just, like, post, (laughs) this is post, like, (laughs) optimism. This is, like, straight up, like, just, like, the real raw, um, you know, peer Columbia that we're that we're experiencing. And so um I'm excited because like there's like the mask is gonna be off in twenty twenty one and I'm here for it. Hell and, yeah. Um, is the mask gonna yeah. be off? Like the mask? Oh <laughs> well I mean we shall see. Maybe yeah. that's one of the that's one of the calls that we make. Dude. You know, because you know one of the calls that I was gonna make in twenty twenty one is that um a billionaire was gonna be disappeared but um oh. that already kind of <laughs> happened. <laughs> um so uh yeah well like there you know yeah we normally like celebrate you know many years new year's eve has been my one night of the year to get like truly hammered and you sort of like you you black out in one year you wake up the next having celebrated it like with a ton of people in an apartment or something and and uh that's yeah it's like you're turning a page and this the the biggest like reset we got was the like insane mind-bending uh and uh really like major letdown of the king five uh new year's eve special uh that we were just watching uh that was that was some uh i think that i think that went around like nationally because of how weird and stupid it was (laughs) well greg the thing that you're wrong about is uh we were not let down by it 
because the Seattle New Year's, it delivers every year. And I have to say, this one sucking had nothing to do with COVID because every year it's like, you know, King Five or whoever's hosting it. It's like they find out they're doing a New Year's special the morning of New Year's. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit, we got to scramble. <laughs> it's a disaster every fucking year. All the hosts act like they have no idea what the fuck is happening. Uh, they do insane things. Like one year they spent 15 minutes just giving people pencils in the crowd by the space <laughs> needle. <laughs> like, here, here's a pencil. Have it on camera like on air (laughs) yeah and this one uh no exception and the best part was is after the laser show happened the three hosts the two that were on site in a completely empty uh stadium in the seattle center and one who is inexplicably in the empty seahawks stadium just i mean couldn't be more grim but after the after (laughs) the laser show they all take like 30 or 45 seconds a piece to individually clown on this laser show. And the funniest <laughs> part about it was it was to set up a pre-recorded segment from the people who made the laser show. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so sad that it, that that wasn't on the end of the video that you guys got to watch because it was magical. It was so funny. I mean, oh, look, 2020 rules. really was like the year of the grift. And so like, good for them, you know? Oh, oh! These guys got paid to put, to put together this like Windows Media Player visualization. Uh, <laughs> they got they cleaned up. I'm sure. Well, I it hope was they, I know, Magnolia I hope Mindset Machine Learning Academy. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, another winner from Magnolia Mindset. Yes, those uh, uh, you know undulating movements did have that the signature rhythm of machine learning generated imagery for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and for those that didn't see it, we will definitely put a link to the video. This has to be experienced. So yeah, and now you got to watch it. It's yeah. very dark, like not celebratory <laughs> at no, all. Just think of like like the worst like cyber. It's like cyberpunk twenty seventy seven game developers <laughs> like. <laughs> Who kind of got fed up with the game, like, yeah, but, got but hired like, for this. It's like uh, cyberpunk year three million, the old gods come back. You know? like, <laughs> it's, it's like Lovecraft. It's like, it looks like they, they opened a portal to, like, uh, the nexus of Sominus, like, over the Space Needle. And the old gods came out of it to rule over us. Um, yeah, it's truly horrifying. Uh, and, and uh, to be clear, it's all just this, like, there's like a few bits of fireworks, but barely any, and what we're, you'll see it, but like, it's just a a 3d generated, like imagery over video of the space needle. Uh, it's really cool. Um, yeah, that dancing baby kicked ass. (laughs) (laughs) In retrospect, I'm thinking that hiring Clippy was the wrong person. I I really like the the dancing skeleton myself. (laughs) Oh man, when the alligator and the chicken like walked out like that, yeah, that was fucking cool. Um, uh, Cassidy, how are you feeling? New Year vibes. What do you got? Oh, I mean, I you know, I already know you're currently. Uh, we heard you ripping a bong, but I also happen to know you're doing Jello shots. And I was about to do one, yeah. <laughs> and that you haven't bathed because you clogged your shower drain with quote thick bong water. <laughs> I did um, bathe, thank you very much. No, just like, 
I was just telling Greg in a private conversation, rude. Uh, this is the year of radical honesty. <laughs> right? Sorry. Anyways, so I was just telling him, like, the vibes are just off today. And he's like, why are the vibes off? And I was like, look, I went to go take a shower. Um, and the problem is, is like, okay, one of my resolutions for this year is, you know, I can't expect too much of myself. It's 2021, right? We have to be easy on ourselves, self-care. Um, and so a form of self-care for me is like cleaning my bong, having a clean <laughs> bong. So like last night, Iconic. I just like went ham in the, like with the shower. You know how you can like turn up your shower pressure and like just have it go real hard? Like I just cleaned the shit out of my bong. <laughs> yeah. That was my form of self-care last night. And so then I get up this morning wanting to take a shower and it turns out that my shower is clogged with just like fucking no. resin and disgustingness. Oh, no. um, so, I mean, I took care of it. It's not like I didn't bathe, but it's just like that just set the vibes for 2021, you know? And like we already knew the vibes were off, but it was just like even on a personal level, like, wow. Yeah, um, the so motto that's where this I'm year at. is all downhill from here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, um, that is uh, truly a story <laughs> befitting 2021. That's how, basically, one way or another, we're all starting the year that like that. Mm -hmm. Right with with a shower clogged with um, resin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thick bong water. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, maybe we should look to the future. By uh, discussing the keyboard player from Harvey Danger a little bit. Oh, uh, did you did you guys follow the Bean Dad? Did you keep up with Bean Dad? No, um, how could I not? Mm -hmm. No, I would never get roped into uh, some dumbass uh, Twitter main character <laughs> discourse for a day. Why? Why would you imagine that I would? <laughs> Uh, please, can we not spend any more than three minutes on this? Um, the funny part for us is that uh, this uh, dickwad, John Roderick, if you don't know what we're talking about, just pat yourself on the fucking back. Um, <laughs> Whatever you do, do not Google Bean Dad. Don't do it. But like, no, like can because, you imagine being off, like an offline person in these times and people are just talking about Bean Dad? Like, well, what? Somebody had posted there was a BBC International headline yeah. about yeah. Bean Dad and yeah. I was just like, can, yeah, <laughs> just like you said, like, could you imagine Incredible. a normie coming across this? And like, the Bean Dad <laughs> who is just a jerk off who in addition to being a uh, awful father um, who may or may not have done some long stupid ordeal with his child uh, either he really did it and he mm. wrote about it on Twitter in a giant like multi-post essay <laughs> that is the most fucking like uh, smug and stupid thing maybe to come across the internet in a year or he didn't really do it and wrote the cute little essay that he you know thinks is really sparkling and uh, either way, the worst part is the, that he wrote it and and that people read it. But this this jerkwad is uh, actually John Roderick. Yeah, um, Harvey Danger. Uh, what's the his more the long winters? The long winters and uh, tryhard polyester blazer bow tie dipshit who ran for city council in 2015 for the uh, citywide position eight. Uh, the, uh, you know, for reasons of that he's just a uh, try hard moron uh, with nothing to do but sit around you know and imagine himself uh, like worthy of something like this he didn't make it past the primary which you know this is the the position that was uh, Burgess and John Grant and Burgess ended up taking that 
Um, I remember I did a little uh, canvassing for John Grant that year. Uh, of course, I'd completely forgotten about this dipshit. Uh, I was mm. going to say John Grant uh, was my field director on the first campaign I interned on. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, Bean Dad. <laughs> he and Burgess made short work of Bean Dad. Just think of the fucking freaks and ghouls and sickos who think that they should run for mayor in this town in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like, get ready, y'all. They're out there. Honestly, Bean Dad might have been his opening salvo for his own run for yeah. mayor. Yeah. yeah, who knows? That could have been his whole plan. It backfired, but you know. Well, I'd just like to read you guys. I don't know if you saw this, but Sidney Brownstone had dug up a tweet from his uh, campaign for city council. Mm. Or not a tweet, but a quote from an interview with The Stranger. Where, uh, talking to The Stranger, Bean Dad says, quote, A lot of people in this town regard reform as just getting more radical leftist candidates in office. But radical leftists are often the most entrenched in party politics and the party apparatus. Definitely. It's good to have radicals radicals in Seattle politics, but they are on a spectrum that is still very within the system. So if you can make heads or tails of that, other than the fact this guy's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's talking about radical leftists like Ed Murray. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Totally. No. And I mean, look, the way that he treated his child is the way that he would have treated people of Seattle, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, the the Como News kind of perspective of like, we need to teach them a lesson. You know, we got to make it hard and we have to have them go through the process and blah, blah. So, yeah. Fuck this guy. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. Also, you probably would have whipped bean cans at the homeless or something as part of this campaign. Well, fuck this guy. He would have looked really hip doing it. Yeah. Well, this goes to show uh, my personal theories that nobody should ever listen to musicians about anything. And also <laughs> music is bad generally, and we should abandon it as a culture. <laughs> Just no oh. more music. Wow. The okay. views of Brian Blatt do not reflect the views of Mechanical Freak Podcast. <laughs> uh, no, don't worry. Like, whatever Brian says, we're still going to have regular boomer rock segments. Yes. Where we, Thank where you. Where we refute. Uh, Thank you. Where we refute Brian's position that popular music is bad and should not exist. We, we talk about, like, uh, old boomer rock music. Yeah, by, by, by trying yeah. to show me old Jesus Jones records and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On New Year's Day, actually, I had a moment. I was like, new vibe. And somehow I was like, is this happening? Am I going to, for the first time since junior high, listen, start listening to The Doors unironically? It oh, turned out, no. no. No, I was not. <laughs> no. But, But I did think it for a minute and I was like, no, no, I'm not. That's no. Uh, That's enough Boomer Rock Talk for this episode. Yeah. So Kamala Harris. uh, Proving herself to be so completely and totally constitutionally full of shit that I honestly believe she'll she will be president someday. Absolutely. We're, yeah, we're of course talking about Freedom Gate, um, where in Elle magazine she told a story about going to a civil rights march as a kid and her mom asking her what's wrong and what she wants. And she looked at her mom in the eyes and she said, like Mel Gibson and Braveheart, Freedom. <laughs> uh, which, what's wrong with that, Brian? Which, of course, within minutes was uh, shown to have been lifted actually from a speech or an interview with MLK uh, in the late 1960s. 
you're gonna crib you crib from the best <laughs> well luckily luckily nobody is aware of any interviews or speeches that mlk gave so it will not ring any bells in anybody's head so uh, if you're gonna crib always crib from people that nobody follows or paid attention to <laughs> yeah well i mean the best thing about this is that Biden also, this is who Joe Biden was his entire career, was he would tell yeah. hilarious, outlandish, easily check-upable lies, get caught in them immediately afterwards, and just be like, nah, I didn't say that. <laughs> you know? So I actually kind of think this ticket works now. This is a good I mean, ticket. Yeah, Ka- Kamala is kind of like, I feel like just from what we've seen in the primary and just the type of politician she is, it truly seems like it's like someone posting cringe in real life yeah. constantly, <laughs> almost as like a like a performance art. Like it's some like you know like surrealist neo dataism. Uh, like, you know, smile. yeah, and like, yes. it's just like it, it's like if if an artist like if a, like a postmodern artist was like trying to do like um, I don't know like some statement on just how like bullshit. Um, U.S. politics are like this is what we get and it's just it's so sweet and the fact that it's like not ironic at all and totally unintentional just boggles my mind (laughs) no she's wild I mean you know even just the fact that she signed on to that two thousand dollar a month bill with Bernie and Markey and Mm. then she fucking voted against I'm just like yeah she's wild yeah, uh, seems like she has a lot of scruples and principles that she's going to stand lot, by. Yeah. So I'm very excited for this. Um, I mean, it was be it a was, long four years. <laughs> yeah, although it would be funny. Twelve years, baby. Yeah, it I was going to fu- say or eight or twelve. Yeah, sixteen. In she, my, actually, I think she's not. Look, she's not getting elected president. Come on, but it would be funny mm. if we did find out that like some point down the road that she was some sort of mix of like Sasha Baron Cohen and like Maria Abramovitz, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just doing my performance art. You know? Wow. <laughs> that would be cool. She just pulls off the Scooby-Doo mask. You know, at some point. We can when, only when, hope, right? When, in the coup de grace, when she finally gets Joe Biden on camera jerking it, <laughs> and then it, it's the big reveal. You know? <laughs> He's going to release the video and be like, what was he doing in his pants? Was he tucking his shirt in? You decide. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe uh, we should leave behind Twitter beef. That's, you know, that's not us. Not in the new year. No, never. not Not nope. in the age of Aquarius. Oh. Hmm. Uh, maybe, <laughs> Colin, you could give us a, a glimpse into the future. Uh, that we're, you know, that we have just laid out in front of us. Because, folks, that future is now. <laughs> and it's bad. So, yeah. yeah, wait, hold on. Does everybody have their shades on right now before we start talking the future here? Oh, let me get them on. Let me get them on. <laughs> yeah, future is so bad, you wish you literally could not see. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the first one that we found. And I'm just going to read the headline here 145 employees infected in COVID outbreak at Yakima County Costco store. (laughs) That seems like a lot. That's a lot, folks. That's a lot. My first impression of this when I saw this uh, was to say, I didn't know Costco had 145 employees (laughs) at a single store, only to find out that, no, they have significantly more than that. Have you been to a Costco, Brian? 
They're big, dude. They actually do have employees. I couldn't see any of the employees over my piles of toilet paper that I grew. Um, <laughs> Brian, Brian, Brian just doesn't know. He thinks Costco's like another type of Walmart. Oh yeah, where, no. You know, oh, it's a store wow. the size of a small city, but there's no employees around. <laughs> Greg, that would be mm-hmm. called a Sam's. Yes. A Sam's. <laughs> I thought that was gone. Okay, so- Isn't that gone? <clears throat> So what happened with the, like, wasn't there part of the COVID bill that was going through? They were trying to make it so, like, we can't sue Costco or we can't sue whoever, like... Did that get through or we don't know? It didn't get through. It's Did still not. up okay. for debate. Uh, okay. So I, I look, It'll in the last through. big yeah, this is gonna corporate get bailout stimulus that passed that we got the measly 600 checks in, the it did not make it. That was out. Um, I, I kind of think... My take on that was like Bernie should have like held that hostage for the two thousand dollars a month and then ultimately given in and let him have it. Because yeah, it's this awful corrupt thing that you know the Republicans, I'm sure actually the Democrats want to do to shield all corporations from any COVID related thing. So you can't sue your employee or some somebody for like making you work in unsafe conditions right. for not giving you masks, for not giving you cleaning supplies, for making you work in an unsafe way or whatever. The thing is, and that, oh, it's awful, it's corrupt, it's disgusting, it's blatant, it's completely mask off, but you really think, even without that, you think any corporation is going to, like, be actually be found guilty for any of this, right. mm-hmm. to, for anything? They want this to go through the, you know, the Congress wants to do it so they can, like, have something to bring back to their funders and their lobbyists to see, look what I did. I'm sure Wall Street wants, these companies want it so they can... Put on the they can take off their books the need to have like teams of lawyers fight the eventual lawsuits because this would just mean like you have no standing to sue. Yeah. In, in reality, people are going to sue them if this stuff doesn't go through and they're going to, you know, have to pay a few million dollars for lawyers. And there might be a few small settlements, but nothing is re- like cost of doing business level shit. It's not really right. No, they're not really nothing. No one's going to be held to account for this bullshit. So um but yeah it didn't go through so anyway like i say i think i thought i thought they should just let him have it and they got like some cash out of the piggy bank for the working class but that's just me i'm based (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i was gonna read a few paragraphs here just to describe Mm -hmm. the scene in this is actually in union gap but um here we go yakima washington A coronavirus outbreak at a Costco store in Yakima County has infected 145 employees, and health officials say the rapid increase in cases at the store is similar to a super spreader event, in quotes, in which multiple people are infected at the same time. The findings were released Tuesday by the Yakima County Health District after storewide testing at the Costco in Union Gap. All 145 employees that have tested positive are in isolation or quarantine, but the store itself remains open, officials said. The store employs a total of 383 people. Yeah. So, so that is it is just. I'm sorry. That's an. I don't care how big Costco is. That is a huge number of people. No, but they're still open. Like that's wild. Oh yeah, I think it goes into that a little more. <laughs> Yakima County public health officials say the number of COVID-19 cases at the store shot up quickly from 68 on Thursday to 145 by Monday. And officials said the number of infections could go even higher. 
<laughs> As Costco <laughs> continues its, its site-wide testing, we anticipate the number of cases to continue to go up over the next few days as results are received, said Melissa Sixberry, Yakima County's Director of Disease Control. The store is now implementing recommendations from the health district to slow or stop the spread of the virus, so it was allowed to stay open, said Lillian Bravo, Director <laughs> of Public Christ. Health Partnerships for Yakima <laughs> County. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that make you feel good? Oh my god. We're good now. I swear. Wait. Does Problem it solved. clarify anywhere if any of these Costco employees ever have any contact with the public? Well, <laughs> Costco's a private club, so clearly you're not contacting the oh, public by definition. <laughs> Members only. <laughs> wow. Well, maybe we'll wait on that Costco membership for a little bit. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Good like, call. For, like everything until after the pandemic. Yeah. But I love this. This is like uh, real 19th century stuff where like, you know, you grind up like a worker in your mill and they come in and they're like, hey, this place seems unsafe. And like, oh, don't worry. Like we we, we told everybody, you know, don't go into the saw anymore. And like, oh, OK, keep it open. Yeah. <laughs> Walk <Sweet. back> out. <laughs> yeah. The oatmeal is only six percent human. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah so uh cool glad they stayed open i was worried and, there for a second you know Kamo is so close too because they're talking about like almost like you know this is just like straightforward reporting but you know it's kind of speaking like wow like a workplace is almost like replicating a super spreader event has the exact same <laughs> right? characteristics wow really weird as if like, it's not like the number one cause of actual like COVID cases no, around the U.S., yeah. which I think is very underappreciated that it is from Dude, forcing people to go to work. Wow. Well, that is like, that's, yeah, yeah. that is fucking wild, yeah. dude. Because, no. right, like we've known, this is what we've known this whole time is that, yeah, like you're saying, this is the main reason. But the narrative has been all this time mm-hmm. that it's, you know, people making their personal choices to like have parties and shit and, and not wear masks that are, are are causing these super spreader events that is the reason we have this uh virus out of control and i don't is it getting because like there have been plenty of other stories like this too um mm-hmm. you know, uh, meatpacking plants, meat plants particularly really bad yeah. like the midwest oh, that's, in yakima yeah, that's what I was specifically just say. i mean like yeah, yeah yakima <clears throat> had the meatpacking plant um, oh yeah okay yeah yeah and so it, like well, I, I think that, you know, all these corporate lobbyists are trying to shove through a blanket sort of amnesty on liability for themselves uh, because they know <laughs> that part of the spread in the United States, the uncontrolled spread in the United States, is that everybody had to go back to work, right? right. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't be seeking that if they oh, truly believed they weren't fucking oh, liable. Oh, absolutely. You know? They know they should be put to death mm-hmm. with the entire ruling <laughs> class for allowing this to happen. But... They also, I don't think they're really that. They're, they're, you got to cover your ass. Like it's the right thing to do to lobby for a bill like that, so that you know the execs at Costco and everywhere else don't ever have to worry about this. They can just take it off their conscious and conscience and off their fucking prospectus, you know, off their books. But I mean, no, yeah, no one's going down for this shit. Look, even now, the thing is, the whole at every step. They're already basically getting their liability removed for every step. The government government officialdom is sanctioning it all. Even this, even this, mm. the county public health department is telling Costco, "It's okay. You should stay open." So at every level, and that has happened at every level, all these people are all basically the only people who are not 
following guidelines are the small business people who own restaurants and bars who are choosing to stay open, not mandate masks because they're the ones getting hit by this in a way that they can't deal with. Right They're But everywhere else, all the big corporate things and all everything that else keeps the, you know, our whole system flowing has been allowed to stay open. And that has come with the imprimatur of the state saying it's okay. Mm -hmm. So you get into court, that's all you're going to have to fucking say. There already is no, uh, Real, real worry for this. Similarly, left the fucking small business people. There, I mean, they're not going to, you know, the, if anyone gets sued, it'll be them. But most of them will be bankrupt. Basically, they'll be yeah. uh, they'll be uncollectible unless Costco wants their real estate. Like they're probably yeah. not. I mean, we're all fucked in this. Like if you work for a living, you're fucked in this. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, which is why I mean, it was a little fucked up that we gave money for the lobbying effort, but yeah. we did have you guys on the boat in February, and we do have to protect ourselves. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just the cost of doing business. I understand. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, uh, that story sucked. So I mean, surely there can't be any more horrible stories uh you know for telling uh bad things for the new year i'm sorry brian there there are more damn it so this one is from today the headline is vaughn's pavilions to fire essential workers replace drivers with independent contractors oh my god what <laughs> Very is, cool. Yeah, this was all enabled by Prop 22, which we will hear about. So a manager at a Southern California Vons delivery hub confirmed that as of February, Vons would be laying off drivers. A local pavilions employee noted that they're no longer using drivers and shifting to DoorDash instead. Vons and Albertsons corporate did not respond to requests for comment. Many drivers under the Albertsons company's umbrella are union employees, while Ralph's delivery is operated by Instacart and Target uses Shipt, a similar app. With this move from Vons and Albertsons, most shoppers in California will no longer have a unionized choice for grocery deliveries. These so layoffs fun. are unsurprising after the passage of Proposition 22, which gutted worker protections while making it easier for companies to shift financial burdens onto newly designated independent contractors. Yeah, extremely cool. Uh, also very unpredictable. Yeah. In a piece for Knock last year, Keith F. Eberl predicted this exact outcome in the opening paragraph. Contrary, <laughs> contrary to the company's deceptive ad campaign and intimidating messages to their workers, Prop 22 does not preserve driver flexibility or save drivers from politicians. What Prop 22 does is change current law so the companies can shift their costs to the driver and diminish or remove driver's rights, protections, and benefits. Prop 22 will also block driver's ability to organize so they can't collectively bargain a contract. In addition, this proposition will block local governments from writing or enforcing protections for drivers. Yeah, that's extremely cool. <laughs> Hard to see that coming. It's just like insane to me because Prop 22, if you look at it, you know, a lot of people reduce bills down to just kind of like reductive slogans on what it is. Right. Totally. And, you know, um, when you actually like, you know, someone was saying like, yeah, Prop 22 basically makes it so that if you want to do something, you can. And I'm like, OK, well, you know, look at Prop 22 and I'm like, oh, there sh surely must be more to it, even though that's like, you know, what it might be. No, that's just like the language mm -hmm. that it says. It's like, oh, you want to do something? You can with like a red heart emoji. That's the, that's <laughs> what Prop 22 is. 
Well, and luckily, cool. like all of Kamala Harris's family was working on that on that legislation. <laughs> so like her, cool. yeah, oh, like her wow. brother-in-law. I think her brother. Like the, she had like four family members working on that. But and again, one was that's, on Uber. Yeah, yeah, and that's not specific to her. I mean, this is how the Democrats work. I mean, like half yeah. of Obama's, uh, you know, like White House team went and started working for Uber and Lyft and startups. We know, of course, Jenny Durkin yes. had a very close relationship to Lyft herself, right? Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, extremely cool. So for like Carmageddon, where the the yeah. 99 through Seattle was going to be shut down for a month before well, before the tunnel opened, and the city's response was like, "It's okay." You can take a lift. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what? Also, yeah. does does anyone remember when the city did like a 420 event with Lyft? What? No. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. Um, it was bad. Yeah, she was basically running ads for him like out of the city you know, hall, right? Out of the mayor's office, out of the city hall. It's fucking astonishing. What What was, can Can you just like briefly explain the 420 event? Totally, yeah. No, so on? of course I only saw on Twitter. I um, did not participate in said event, sadly. You but, didn't participate in 420? <laughs> no. I find in that. Jenny Durkin's uh, 420. <laughs> <laughs> no but i think it was like a gimmick to be like you know if you're smoking pot on 420 like be sure to take a lift you know and they had like munchies and stuff like that oh um God. and yeah it was very i cringe. feel like if you showed up to jenny durkin's 420 party you'd walk <laughs> in with a bong and you'd be greeted by a bunch of people around a table about to cut a cake for hitler's birthday <laughs> you might get an Amazon gift card, though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I thought they might be trying to grind up four leaf clovers. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but <laughs> but this is kind of funny too because it goes to what we were just talking about with the protections for employees. Where um, what we're seeing is the strategy is just to not have employees anymore, so that you don't yep. have to protect mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. And this is everybody gets to be an independent contractor. Yes. As a campaign worker, this is something I am extremely familiar with. And like, that's what we're really trying to fight with our campaign worker collective stuff we're doing is like, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but right now, most campaign workers, unless it's like the Bernie campaign or stuffing, like you are an independent contractor. You are not seen as a worker. You are not given any rights. Um, And that's from like progressive candidates. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. like obviously these corporations don't want to see you as an employee. Yeah. Fuck my, you know, my business that I allegedly sometimes work in went this way like 25 years ago, basically. And, um, it's not good folks. Mm -hmm. It's no, no. And I mean, so much bad shit happened in 2020 that I feel like we didn't give enough attention to this, but like that loss is really bad. No, it's kind of, I mean, we're already seeing, I and mean, we're what, like four days into right. 2021, and we're already seeing like devastating effects. Like this law yeah. on its own in California, one, is going to be replicated across the country, and two, yes. you're going to see a lot more devastating um, impacts on just like the idea of employment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the thing is like, if you are any sort of worker, um, and I know that this maybe should be for like the predictions, um, but like we need to be organizing now um, because, yeah, that legislation is coming to Washington State, like for sure. And Guy Palumbo will have his dirty little fingers all over it. (laughs) Um, And like we need to prepare now because it is happening. And it's just it's really a bummer that it lost in California. No, absolutely. Like that is 
really key, I think, to understand going forward. This has been look, this has been the struggle for 40 years in this country, but it's accelerating now. For every everything you're working on, every like issue you're fighting for on, you know, let's you know, say progressive or even left causes is probably meaningless in the end because there are larger forces that are moving larger structures to the right against you even faster all the fucking time. And this is just one more big push in the onslaught against workers for capital taking, you know, the last vestiges of power won by the union movement in the 20th century as that, as the actual structures of that power was swept away over the last 45 years, like now they're here to come for the last of the pieces that that power structure had won the, the most basic sort of base level protections for workers. Uh, so like, yeah, the lesson's got to be like, yeah, start organizing now as in building a base of working class power to challenge that power because, man, they're they're coming for fucking everything. Yep. So there's two more paragraphs in this um, selection. The only surprise is the speed at which Albertson's reverse course on its commitments to workers This move comes after nearly a year of celebrating grocery store workers for feeding communities. Earlier this year, Albertson's company's president and CEO, Vivek Sankaran, said the company was taking care of our team. Albertson's companies are working to ensure that every member of our team who faces a crisis can have peace of mind that we will help them get through it. Albertson's was happy to reap public goodwill during the pandemic, but once Prop 22 gave the company the option of replacing workers with lower-paid contractors, they jumped at the opportunity. Employees received notice during the holidays that their employment would end one month into the new year. That is the key to a lot of what 2021 is going to be about, I think. Because what the guy said last year, it's not wrong, right? They're going to take care of their team. The difference Mm -hmm. now is these thousands of workers in California are not part of their team. Anymore. Right. <laughs> their executive and, team. Yeah. Yeah. The right. Fatal flaw. And they're, all that. Not, yeah. No, they're still going to take care of their team. They're just outsourcing some of the work to us. So you were on the team before. Now you're not that, you know, as this year goes on, as we, as the vaccines fail to roll out at a reasonable speed, everyone's going to slowly be booted off the fucking team. We started, in this country with a lot of people off the fucking team. The team's just going to keep getting fucking smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Tight. Oh. Yeah, good stuff. Well, surely there can't be any more bad news. <laughs> but there is. There is at least one more piece of bad news. No! <laughs> <laughs> Amazon surpasses Boeing as Washington's biggest employer. Oh, Here's yeah. what that means Woo-hoo. for how we live. <laughs> As feudal peasants, this is what it means. (laughs) How we live badly. (laughs) Move over, Boeing. Washington State is now Amazonia. Alongside Amazon's (laughs) record-setting financial performance was a record-setting hiring spree. Wow. Okay. So they're job creators. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And we're about to hear about that creation. Globally, the company added more than 400,000 workers in 2020 in what it says is the largest peacetime worker mobilization in history. Ew. Hey, let's get a war going. Let's get a new war going and see if we can beat that record yeah. too. Amazon. Well, wait till Biden gets in office. More than 16,500 of the, those new hires were in Washington State, where Amazon ended 2020 with more than 80,000 employees, according to a company spokesperson, a nearly 25% increase over 2019. Boeing, meanwhile, slashed its Washington workforce by nearly 13,000 people last year as the travel industry's plunge into the red compounded Boeing's pre-pandemic financial pain from the lengthy grounding of its 737 MAX aircraft. It's weird. Why did they just ground those planes for no reason? (laughs) (laughs) At At the start of 2020, 71,829 Washingtonians worked for Boeing, according to disclosure forms filed with the State Department of Revenue. By year-end, a combination of voluntary buyouts, layoffs, and attrition reduced that number 18% to roughly 58,800 people, with analysts warning job cuts could continue in 2021. <laughs> cool. And they, they are. like that. That's already yeah. baked yeah. in. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're moving the whole operation, right? Yeah, piece by piece, yeah. But expect more layoffs in 2021. Boeing and its employees are no strangers to cycles of boom and bust, and the effects of the pandemic and reputational fallout from faulty engineering that caused two 737 MAX plane crashes are likely to recede, eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Nonetheless, Amazon's emergence as Washington's top employer signifies more enduring changes to the state's economy, said Margaret O'Mara, a professor of history at the University of Washington, where she researches the high-tech industry. Wait, haven't we heard from her before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, okay. <laughs> many, many times, yeah. These two companies are shorthand examples of the changing contours of American capitalism, O'Mara said. Ew. Boeing and Amazon, mm. she said, are emblems of the bigger trajectory of labor of what opportunity is afforded to an American worker. Uh, anybody want to take a guess on what that trajectory is? Uh, it's death, I think, right? I think she's saying yeah. it's it's to the grave. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's what uh, Omar is trying to get across to us in some polite language that the Times can print. Is <laughs> She's trying to say, yeah, that America you knew, it's dead. Uh, it's it's going. What, whatever little, little uh, dignity whatever small minority of Americans ever had uh, is over. That's, that's the thing of the past. Well, this is good times. I mean, what they talked about prior with the prop 22 stuff where we talked about like companies are essentially just offshoring liability and cost of maintaining employees by turning them all into private contractors. I mean, the funny thing is Boeing had done a lot of that already. So like there's shit tons of workers here who are still quote unquote, working for Boeing, but they work at an independent shop, you know, again, in quotations, that only makes parts for Boeing. So Boeing makes all the decisions for them, but doesn't have any of the liability or anything like that, right? And also, when times get tough for Boeing, they can pass on uh, their losses to those small shops and stuff. And we're basically seeing that's just happening all around the economy, right? And with Amazon, even the like workforce gains here, all those warehouse workers, all that shit's going to be subcontracted out eventually. You know, 
That's just the trajectory of labor at this point, you know, to quote Omara there. It's good stuff. I'm I'm looking very forward to all this. <laughs> I mean, the thing I'm curious about is like, okay, I don't know if you guys saw how today um, Google or Alphabet or whatever, um, mm-hmm. they came out that they have unionized, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. rad. So mm-hmm. like 2021 predictions, like do we think any Amazon unionization will ever happen? So hilariously... There was efforts at unionizing. This was in like 2014, unionizing an Amazon warehouse in Germany. And I shit you not, Amazon hired a security firm called Hess Security, H E S S Security, cool. to break mm. up the fucking uh, organizing Very drive. Cool. Well, um, I I heard I can't remember which warehouse, but a warehouse in the south is supposed to be having a vote this year. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really curious to see how that works out. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Amazon's resistance to it aside, I mean, the Amazon warehouses have to be organized. It, ha- like, it, it has to be top priority. It, is, it's, it, it does have to be one of the absolute top priorities of anything left, yeah. that wants to call itself a left or any project for human liberation going forward. Amazon has to be unionized from the bottom up. Now, the Google thing, I was reading about that today. Well, all they've got so far is a minority union. Mm-hmm. Which means they've signed up like under 300 white collar workers in Mountain View or whatever out of, you know, thousands Thousands, of Google workers, you know. So, but that's the thing is it's like, look, Amazon has 80,000 workers in Washington state. Like, if those, uh if we could actually organize those workers, like they have so much fucking power that they do not realize. And I think that. That's I just I hope that in the coming years we can really just do a better job at communicating that to workers. And I hope one of the like, you know, good things or whatever to come out of covid is it's just like all of us have struggled so much and every single worker has been fucked by their employer in one way or another through this pandemic. Like, so hopefully workers can start to see their value and start to see like how much each of us really like that they depend on us so fucking much. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And to that end, I think the my a minority union strategy should probably be at least one piece of doing this. Meaning these people who organize this union at Google that they just have 300 people there. They just got together and said, we are this union. The members are the 300 of us. We will try to grow. And as we grow, we will try to theoretically, presumably flex some kind of power based on that. They don't have right. any power now, but they have a union. They have a political organization within a company of employees that they plan to grow. They're not asking. They're not trying to get a contract. Yeah, they're, they're not, not trying to get, get a contract. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're not, not trying, trying to get top management yeah. at the table either. Right. To exactly. Like recognize yeah. their union. Right? Because yeah. they can't. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they do, yeah. they're not Which there yet. Fine. And so that's what like to understand is like, yeah, okay. The company has 260,000 full-time employees. Yeah. yeah. And f- yeah. about 400 are part of this effort. Right. So yeah. rather than saying, you look at our union legal structures, the uh, National Labor Relations Board structures, and it looks like a, a golden ticket, like an, an easy path. Like if you can just jump through all right. the hoops, yeah. you can make... <laughs> You can you too get can enough have people, union. you can yeah. make oh. the management come to the table, you can make them recognize you. But the truth is, that has been uh, a... Good fucking luck, yeah. That has been mm-hmm. weakened. And the other 
reality is that even once you do that, you're now in this system, you've been given that power by that system, you haven't done the work, baby, to build it organically. I mean, this is uh, something a labor movement might have to come to realize is you might just have to tell the, the labor relations board to go fuck itself right. and do unrecognized, like, basically wildcat unions. Like mm -hmm. this, Been there. You know, uh, from the <laughs> bottom up, because no. this union has no power now at Google, but if they keep building... Right. You know, maybe they will. And they don't have to ask for recognition or anything. They don't ever have to do it until they get powerful enough to demand it without any help from the law. And that means if they do that, that's real power. If you can demand, if you organize to a point where you can demand concessions based nothing based on nothing but the own, your own power that you've organized, not on the structures of the law, that's right. real power. No, because the reality be the is power needed. even if we can't get everything that we want, like we have to use the power that we do have for sure. Yeah. Or at the very least, they can continue to organize. Exactly. They can have a and position. build that power. Yeah. Right. And I guess like the insight that I just want to bring is that, um, you know, especially at Google, but at a lot of big tech companies like this news has been making ways because yeah. before, you know, before this really happened, there's has just been conventional wisdom among almost everyone that. Uh, because everyone has been kind of thinking about unions, like you said, Greg, in these terms of like, you know, within the law, thinking that within high tech companies, because of a whole lot of different reasons, because, you know, a lot of people have like white collar jobs, like there's kind of like, you know, PMC class interest, you know, um, is a, a lot of different um, views, like a lot of conservatives that you'll have to, you know, organize. It could just never happen to have a union, and I, especially in a high tech job like at Google. Um, uh, but like, I think that this kind of shows that you know, despite that, there's been a lot of, um, you know, wildcat organizing going on at Google for a while. I mean, remind you, like, there was a huge walkout over sexual harassment scandals and, um, you know, the things plagued at Google where, like, you know, an executive got, like, a $10 million exit package, um, you know, despite those scandals, which caused um, a big walkout. I mean, Google hi um, hired um, consultants uh, to, uh, anti-labor consultants to specifically, like, hunt down and pinpoint uh you know, activists at Google who and like labor organizers at Google and fire them too. Like there has been like, um, this just didn't kind of happen out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. This isn't kind of cosplay. This is the result of a lot of different like, um, you know, organizing actions. And to see something like this culminate where they actually have a formal minority union with elected leadership, um, I think in 2021, we're going to finally see like, I think the minds of tech workers, especially the solidarity bridging between full-time employees and contractors, yeah. um, you know, uh, because like tech is a big, um, you know, sector, like at Amazon, there's the warehouse workers and the white collar workers um, and in same, same at Google too, and to a lesser extent, right. You know, there's, um, you know, food that there's food workers, there's janitors, everything, you know, they're all under Google. Um, having that uh, union open to everyone associated with Alphabet, um, I think is a really, really compelling path. Um, and a way forward though. I don't think uh, people have seen the way to crack it until now and to organically build that power um, is pretty amazing. So 300 people yeah. signed up in secret. Now this is national news, you know, who knows how much. Uh, I bet right. these numbers. Be built. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other part of the analysis that we don't have to get into is like, how much does organizing the white collar part of the tech sector uh, help, you know, working class power going forward. But this still gives a model for lots of places that are hard to unionize 
And it's more, you know, ultimately in the end, in a labor movement that takes power in the world, uh, you want, you know, you're going to want the, those, those, uh, tech bros on board too. So, no, I mean, the two things I would add is first, like a worker is a worker is a worker. Like, yeah, exactly. That's the way we need to look at it. Like the more power that we are building for workers, you know, cool. You make $120,000. Like I still want you to have good hours. I still want you to not be fucked at work. And also these workers that I think is more important, they hold a lot of power in working class people's lives because of the tech that they're putting out because of the things they're working on. And so I know that that's a huge part of the organizing that they're doing too, is making sure that like there is a conscious in the work that they are doing. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, Munyad said that this had like sent some waves through the tech world or whatever. And I can tell you amongst tech workers, it probably did. But also amongst all these, you know, tech CEOs and stuff, I guarantee you every one of them, they probably got like the 12 families together. And so they're in the group chat. Yeah. 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 Like under (laughs) Moloch right now, basically (laughs) plotting, you know, how they're going to stop this. Bohemian Grove meeting. Yeah, basically. Right. (laughs) You know, just what do we have to sacrifice to stop this? You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guarantee you they're paying attention and they're paying attention for a fucking reason. Like when, as you had mentioned, when you when Google had the walkouts and they brought in like, you know, anti-labor uh, consultants to like hunt down who did it. It's like they don't do those things because that one walkout was so huge or important. Yeah. They do it because they want to stop it right there. They don't want it growing yeah. anywhere well, past gonna that, that point. They're going to make they're going to make life miserable and probably fire a lot of these people over the next year or two. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. and like it it's brave, good. Too. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying that it is like, you know, really brave, especially because, you know, the laws and really backing them there. They're, you know, I saw employees. I mean, even like senior software engineers tweeting that they're proud card carrying members of the right. union. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's so to, to put on the line when like, you know, work, you know, especially tech workers, despite, um, you know, high pay just because of the high value, monetary value that they help, you know, produce that institution with, um, you know, they really have no real rights or labor protections and easily can get, you know, fired. It's not too long ago when it was common practice to just fire the lowest, like top 10, you know, the lowest 10% um, of employees, Mm -hmm. like every single quarter, you know, like that's, that's just what they do. And so, you know, it is really brave to just kind of go public like this. And it's, it's, brave in the sense that this is for all you know workers who try and organize in any field is that it's not just that you could lose your job it's that you could also get blacklisted from other jobs yeah. right like yep. it can all of a sudden get difficult to find work when you find yourself fired in these situations. yeah and i think it's like really important when we go into these conversations with workers too is just like we need to be again 2021 the year of transparency like we have mm-hmm. to be extremely transparent about that sort of stuff you know yeah yeah, and prepare oh. for community support, right? Right, So exactly. if you can't get your shit yeah. together to organize your shop, you need to at least be organizing for support of those that get walloped for organizing right. in their shops. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, shall we perhaps make some predictions for this new year? Ooh. Boldly look into our crystal ball. Yeah, bold new year of change. Lots of stuff coming. What is that stuff? <laughs> Colin, you got any thoughts on what might ha- might might be coming our way in the new year? Maybe game wise, I don't know. Um, <laughs> my prediction is that Biden is going to wander off out of the Oval Office. <laughs> He's going to smell some exotic shampoo, or think he does, and a woman's hair, and <laughs> follow the scent. <laughs> 
through Washington, D.C., where he will, I don't know, trip on a crack and then choke on a woman's fingers and die. So that's my prediction for 2021. Oh, okay. They're going to have to shut down that, like, Garnier Fructis factory in D.C. so that he doesn't catch wind of it and wander out. He's going to follow his nose right off the White House balcony. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be along his wings air. on the way down. Saying, follow my nose. Follow your nose. Well, uh, Cassie, maybe do you have a, a prediction for the new year? Okay. Gets- um, I wrote down a couple because, like, I didn't really know the vibe we were going for, but I have two predictions and then, like, one manifestation. Okay. Oh, okay. Right, let's hear it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, cool. You bring um, your own vibe to this party, Cassie. I always do. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, you know, um, I don't know when this is going to be released, but, like, the Georgia elections, that's Hell tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I think should come out late tomorrow, but like as results are coming in or later. Okay, so here's my hot take. I think that we're gonna win, but we're not gonna get two K stimmies. Like we're not gonna get anything out of it. So I kind of don't even care. Yeah, the two thousand dollars. You think think we're gonna win both? I think that we might. Yeah, I mean that's. Do you not think so? Oh, I I genuinely don't know. I actually. I think that we could because mostly because Mitch fucked us on the 2k stimmies but like my point is like they're running on oh yeah like if we win we're gonna get you guys the 2k and i just like don't think that's ever gonna happen like yeah yeah that's, it never that's will. off the table yeah, yeah. Um, um my my second prediction um this is kind of out of nowhere but just like hear me out um i think guy palumbo is gonna run for something Oh, oh my fucking god! Um, I don't. I'm I said, not. I said freaks and ghouls and sickos, but I wasn't even <laughs> thinking about like, oh, like Beelzebub shit. himself. So like here's rising my, out of a steam vent. Here's my thought process, guys. So he has not really done a great job in his role like he lost almost every position that he was supposed to win on the city council last time um and Mm -hmm. he was just honestly i mean i don't like the work that he did but he was more effective for jeffy and for jenny um when he was a state legislature or, or in the state legislature like he blocked um like funding for schools. He would do the stuff for charter schools. Like he blocked the income tax. Um, and I just feel like he hasn't been getting enough wins for Amazon recently. So I think that mm-hmm. they're going to like slot him into something. Is, yeah. That's my yeah, opinion. Um, nice. And then, yeah, the manifestation, um, just like we already kind of talked about, is just like increasing power for workers, you know, like that is what I'm hoping for. Um, and I hope to bring more good news to the podcast soon. So. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all lighting our prayer candles right now. Thank you. Munya, <laughs> uh, you got a prediction for 2021? Yeah, so this is quite a wild ride because, you know, before yesterday, I was thinking that, um, as I kind of referenced at the start of the show, that, um, you know, a billionaire would just randomly disappear and <laughs> that, that, that already kind of happened because Jack Ma, the um, yeah. founder and CEO Holy of Alibaba... Shit is mm-hmm. uh, has been That's missing right. for about like two months now and completely has gone dark and no one knows where he is and people are starting to get a little worried about that like where the <laughs> fuck is jack ma yeah it's um, a move from eyebrow raise to potential concern <laughs> yeah <laughs> right he's always been an eccentric guy but this is kind of going a little too far for um a lot of people so 
Um, wow. You know, so that's kind of off the table. 2021 is already <laughs> off to a, a bang of a, of a missing <laughs> billionaire. Um, so, and, you know, we all already talked about um, labor stuff. I agree. I think that um, there is going to be more of a labor movement. Um, my, I guess like, okay, so I have like two main opinions and hot takes on what it. 2021 is going to be. The first is we are going to hit a plateau of 68% of Americans vaccinated and it's not going to move wow. from there. That's a specific prediction. In 2021. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will say I think our only disagreement would be that I just don't think we'll, we'll they won't be even max, be that high. But it'll be I like but it'll be five or six years exactly from now. That. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you finish yours, man? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> so maybe that was even like aggressive in in our. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, but I guess like the main point is that like it's not going to go higher than that. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, we're we're talking like everyone's going to be vaccinated like this month. Right? Anyone so, who's you know, talking like we're going to reach like any sort of herd immunity or whatever, like they are yeah. delusional. For yeah. Sure. No. It, it, I mean, like we're already bungling this process. I mean, the fact that even like I mean, smart people like you know. Um, even analysts on Wall yeah. Street, you know, like people who really get paid to, you know, look at it, look at reality as it is because capital depends on it. They're thinking that we're actually going to be open in June, like completely vaccinated <laughs> from COVID. I mean, and then that just to me just seems like such a farce. And I just I just don't believe that that's really going to happen. Um, yeah. Weird for guys on Wall Street, though, to completely misunderstand a trend in some kind <laughs> <random> of way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's kind of like my serious prediction is that the vaccine is going to be completely bungled and, you know, this is going to go on for a little, a lot longer, um, if not mm-hmm. indefinitely. And we're going to turn into like the Death Stranding video game sooner or later. Oh, my God. Um, but... Um, you know, I think my other one is that now that Trump is out of office um, and he's not the main character on Twitter every single day, I think Bean Dad really gave us a sneak peek at what's to come <laughs> or the Biden era where we're going to have just like the gang of weirdos come out of the woodwork every mm-hmm. single day and have like a new just completely off base, weird fucking um, main character on Twitter. 2021, who, Year of the like, Freaks. Y- the year of the yeah. Freaks. Yeah. No, but the here's the, the thing. Like, we need that. We thrive <laughs> on it. We survive we on it. it. Yeah. Like, like, who's, who's amongst us remembers, like, Cliff, Cliff Wife, right? Or, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, there, there, were, there were bits and glimmers of it in the Trump era, but it just got overshadowed because that administration right. and world was just so crazy. And I there, think we're going to return to like an Obama era style um, main character. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's going to be Joel, wife guys that we could not have even predicted. Yes, yeah, yes, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah. We have such cheese wives to show you. Um, <laughs> the, like, yeah, because Biden just isn't up to being the default main character. Yeah, no, yeah. no. like he just doesn't have it in him like, no he he'll, be he'll give character. us a couple you know yeah. a couple oldie slips every yeah. now and then but not enough <laughs> to fill the timeline once no. a month like we'll hit the monthly thing where you know yeah. like biden's actually up and vigorous or whatever and he'll do something <laughs> weird and he'll be the main character yeah for one biden, day a month biden will have a an on day and get really horny and yeah. Ew. like walk out onto the balcony with a like stiffy <laughs> tenting in his pants and like <laughs> 
and God. you know, and and we will rejoice, and we will. Is that your 2021 <laughs> prediction? That, you know, that's officially on the record as a prediction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, All right. What are the Brian, Vegas odds for that? I want to bet I on. I mean, I'll, I'm happy to do mine. Or, uh, oh no, that was I, it. That was it for yours, Munya. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Those are my two big predictions. I have, I have a couple, and I'm sorry, they're both bummers. Prediction number one: Before the year is out, Joe Biden has us in another major war because we will reassert America's leadership oh, internationally. God. Oh Jesus! You're and, not wrong, and that sucks. Uh, yeah, I don't know where it's going to be. Um, it's too I'm, real. I'm saying, but, like, go for the gold proxy war with China. Oh my so, God. Pick honestly, a pro- picks a China, pick a Chinese proxy and a proxy of ours that could be created and then get into a war together. That's yeah. what I mean. That's like that's outside the box thinking. That's like next level shit that I think. <laughs> like this rebrand the CIA did today. Like mm-hmm. they're <laughs> oh, getting true. ready for a project <laughs> like that. Like big yep. things to come in 2021. Uh, uh, Sino-American proxy war, <laughs> yeah. 2021. Wait, Greg. So, yeah. Did you oh, see oh. how the CIA rebrand is literally like a copy of one of Ben Mora's designs? <laughs> okay, yeah. I know I did not, but I want yeah. to see. I'll send it yeah. to you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's for, for all my hype beasts out there. It looks like the Stone Island logo. Mm-hmm. There's uh, nothing new under the sun, I guess. Uh, so yeah, so new war. I predict a new war. I also cool. predict, Beautiful. and this is also a real bummer, but I just feel it in my bones. It's going to happen. <sighs> We're going to get a new national hate crime law protecting police. Oh my god! They've been passing them in state after state. Holy shit! And I think now that we could potentially have Democrats all the way down, you know, in the national sort of politics, right? At President, Senate, and House. They'll have to because the, the cops yep. and the Republicans will be calling them pussies every day. Yep. They'll have to like stand well, up for the cops. Yep. Fuck you, Brian. I hate <laughs> that you are right. So I, think, Fuck. so I think we get a national hate crime law protecting the police. So sorry, oh so, so Brian, like just to be clear, um, when you say national hate crime law protecting the police, do you mean like whenever someone like, you know, calls police a pig or you it's know a federal um, crime now? Yeah. So basically it, they'll be what also it just means that if you commit a federal crime against a law enforcement officer, meaning that it's a federal law enforcement officer, they can put an additional tack on onto your sentence by saying that it was targeted at oh, them Jesus. because they were police. Oh, so that's totally how it's worked that. at the state. Yeah, that's how it's worked at the state level. So, you know, it, so say you're at a, I don't know, a protest against police brutality, if you can imagine such a thing. And uh, you get arrested and the police later say that you uh, assaulted them or whatever. They could then tack on to it and say, oh, and they assaulted me because I'm a cop. They said pig or something when they did it. So, uh, you know, give them like two years for the assault and then two years on top for the, uh, you know, the targeted harassment. You know? Oh, my God. So, Holy yeah, they, they've been like I said, they've been, I think they have them in seven or eight states now. And uh, they've been continuing to pace for about three years and so I predict a, a national one uh, protecting our beloved federal law enforcement, probably mm. aimed at protecting the Border Patrol first. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like mad at you for even putting that into the air. Like, wow. And see, the Republicans couldn't pass it because people would call it out for what it is. But yeah. it, it would be like more difficult, at least. Or is, the Democrats would have to vote against it. Whereas when it comes to the Democrats, just like welfare reform, they're going to be like, yep fucking sign on 
Oh my god. Mm. Greg sounds way too real. Greg looks so fucking bummed out right now. (laughs) I really ruined this night. Uh We can cut this out of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, dude. You just like just like sent the worst vibe reverberating throughout yeah. to, well, to all our listeners. Look, Cassie had tweeted earlier today and mentioned on the oh. show that she felt the vibes were wrong today, that they oh, were yeah. something was going on. And was when I read that tweet, I also was like, that is true. Like, the vibes <laughs> the, are wrong today. Everybody woke up and the vibes were bad, right? Are reverberating yeah, yeah. back through time. All around. They gurgled up through uh, <laughs> Cassidy's clogged. Uh, thick bong water drain this morning <laughs> and went right into her ear hole. Wow. Okay. They're drifting back through time as we speak. Well, Greg, you want to bring us back with uh, your 2021 us, predictions? Um, fuck. Oh, God. All right. So my predictions are ones that have already come up, basically. Um, uh, I already mentioned earlier, I think uh, an absolute freak show of sickos, ghouls, and uh, perverts will uh, <laughs> s- will soon be letting us know that they think they should be the mayor of Seattle. <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> I, for one, am looking forward to this oh, It's uh, going to be really of, funny. I'll be yeah. back in about three well, weeks to We've discuss. got a podcast to do, folks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this is going to be our bread and butter for the next Endless year. Endless content, yep. yep. <laughs> it's just the... <laughs> The diseased minds who think that they are entitled to uh, run for office, uh, high office in this town, is going to be something to behold. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep that chip on the table. Yeah, but I think Ari has said he's going to try and run for mayor, right? So we, I think we already have one for really? in the race. No, he didn't. Yeah, no, he, he didn't. No, no, no. no, no. Oh, I thought he's... Here's okay, what happened. Okay, so I did make a prediction that he was going to run because he fucking made some posts like teasing being like i'm gonna have an announcement soon like what yeah, do you guys think yeah, it is yeah, yeah. and yeah. it was just that like he's gonna be um like an editor for some like bullshit website <laughs> and like oh, the yeah. announcement had like eight misspellings and grammatical errors <laughs> yes well, it yes. was perfect well we look forward to reading those articles oh, on the show lay it on me man <laughs> Uh, I want to know um, who Mario Brown is going to consult for this year. Like, that's what I'm looking forward to. And if we're going to get any more new hits, singles. More music videos? Yeah. 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 Awesome. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, a throwback episode. Yeah, if you want to check The longest year in the book. (laughs) Right. Dude, dude, yeah, seriously. Holy shit. Um, Okay. Now, to uh, get back to something serious, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I predicted that in the run-up to the 2024 presidential election, (laughs) we will have recently hit 70% vaccination in America, having plateaued uh, Mm -hmm. at that point, Um, and uh, never really getting much farther than that. Okay, Uh, so now we have, like, competing theories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my prediction for uh, 2021 is that we will hit no more than 30% vaccination. Ooh, I think it's going to be like no. 18% or something just so yeah. sad. Like. It could yeah, I mean, that is in line with the current rate. Now, they're, of course, completely botching it. There's tons of stories we're reading about how, like, they're giving them out so slowly that, mm-hmm. like, we're on track to let m- much of the first batch expire. Yep. Basically, at this point... 
only as of like late last week, a lot of states, including Washington, had only given out like 15 percent uh, of the the deliveries that they literally had on hand. Um, And then we know that there's more like in the backlog that haven't been delivered because there is no storage or transportation infrastructure for them to get delivered um, that are still like sitting at the cold storage warehouses of the, you know, where the places they're manufactured. Um, So I think, yeah, no more than 30% by the end of the year could be less. Um, And yeah, we're going to see like, uh, like it's going to ramp up. It's going to get faster. It's going now. I think ultimately I don't think a huge number of like the numbers are terrible right now. I think ultimately I don't think a huge number of vaccines are going to expire, but it probably will be like 10% or something. It's not going to be like the 60 that it looks like if you do the math now, but like probably they won't get them all out by, you know, mid January when the first no. deliveries start getting, but they'll get most of them because they'll react because that's what our system. The only thing our system can do is really react. Like, Every part of this has shown what we've what we knew before this, like that what we said at the beginning of this, that this would just be a disaster. I think, you know, early last year, I said by the time this was over two or three years down the road, two to three million Americans will have died of it. I still think that's true. Um, that'll be the statistic. In the is that 20- is that another? So wait, does that count just for the listeners? No, that, totally. That's a long, long as term. A prediction. Yeah, this is a sub prediction of the major prediction. prediction. Wait, can I make a sub prediction too, really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, do you guys know like the whole thing that Cuomo just put out that like, yeah. if they <laughs> yes, give a vaccine yes. to anyone who's not in the category, they get a million dollar fine. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my prediction stuff. is, yeah, they're going to throw like a 79 year old in jail for getting the vaccine. Like, yeah, it's almost, gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, almost certainly to like, uh, make a point or whatever this, you know, in the net over the next week as like the looming deadline for the first batch to expire rapidly approaches, which is like a week from now, they're going to have to open in all of every state. Every County will have its own fucking system that they come up for. It's ad hoc and overnight scrambles for how to get the rest of these vaccines out. And they're going to be a mad dash. And a lot of it's going to be like people just waiting in line overnight everywhere. Like we've seen in Florida already in DC. That's what they're mm -hmm. doing is it's like when they expire, their policy now is just give it to literally anyone. And it's like, I mean, that's what they have to do. So, right. It's going to, that's the, the absurd reality. But what we also know about America is the, the, that in all that chaos, the rich and connected yeah, totally. will get this Absolutely. vaccine. That As is, is already happening in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be, don't have to look at it like a calculated conspiracy. It's just how our system works. Yeah. It's chaos. And wherever there is an opportunity for the capital class to benefit, they will. And they'll find their way in. So we're not going to let these vaccines go to waste for the most part, I think. Uh, but all the rich people in America are going to vaccinate. And there's more and more of rich people get vaccinated and then as more and more of the professional class gets vaccinated the pressure to maintain the uh growth in the rate of vaccination uh will subside you know at some point we're going to get to a point where it's this boring story you're reading about that like yep uh vaccination for covid is still a problem in america and in dumb, like, lib minds, they'll have connected it all to 
people who don't want it, you know, anti-vaxxers yeah. and Trump people. And it'll just be one of our cultural quirks. It'll be like homelessness and poverty and everything else. It's just like, yep, we've got some people out there. What do we do? I guess we're debating a bill to either cut uh, <laughs> funding for vaccination or increase it or, you know, like it'll well, just, it'll just one we'll of our imprison problems. everybody on an island that gets COVID. Yeah, it'll just like, become, yeah. right. And and it'll add one more, it'll just be one more interesting um articulation of class in america is people who uh have have been vaccinated you know so well there are two ways we know that we can change this number the obvious way is we increase the numerator but the less obvious way is that we decrease the denominator (laughs) oh boy (laughs) yeah well i mean i do think it's it's i I think we might have brought this up on another episode, but it is one of the underappreciated things that part of the reason why it's so bad in the United States is that a lot of rich people, I'm not saying created this virus or anything like that, but a lot of rich people don't really mind who it's killing. Right. Right. So there's no like urgency on yeah, the only Gucci. people. Yeah. Yeah. And there's they no urgency. Themselves. Yeah. For the only people that can actually move the political machinery in the United States, there's just no urgency on their part because like, so far, all the people that are dying because the rich apparently have some fucking secret serum they give themselves uh, are just poor people. And quite frankly, you know, Bill Gates thinks there's too many poor people already. So he said as much. Yeah, he is so, a mm-hmm. a uh, noted like, yeah, Malthusian. Yeah, admitted Malthusian who is in charge, basically wielding his enormous power over the global response to vaccinating for coronavirus and has now gotten the vaccine himself, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah. So, great, he's good. Him oh, and, well, well, I mean, it's it's really interesting that Bill Gates basically had all these, you know, him and Melinda Gates, uh, who he made her the sort of face of it, but they had all these programs to lower birth rates in Africa, because, you know, basically because, as Bill Gates said in, like, 2000, there's the problem of poverty in Africa is there's too many Africans. And lo and behold, that we get a story in The Guardian, you know, a week ago, basically saying, Oh yeah, vaccinations won't get to places like Africa until like 2024 at best. And the Gates Foundation is a big part of that. And I don't know. I connect those dots. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Like, you know. Yeah. This is a in America, a Holocaust of the poor and marginalized, um, based on the total just dysfunction of our class society globally and in especially, yeah, if you look at the uh, World Health Organization maps Africa. It's just a genocide mm. of the world's poor and marginalized, and particularly of just indiscriminately of Africans. Yeah. Well, like that. This is really look. Well, he is a Malthusian. This is their dream. The way they see the world, they think the problems of the world are based on overpopulation. So a mass death event like the fucking Black Plague they think is what will bring about a new renaissance. Okay. This is how Bill Gates thinks. So just think about that as you lay your head on your pillow tonight. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, I'm and sorry. The, sorry. The reality <laughs> the, is, is yeah, like rich people have more access to testing. They have more mm-hmm. access to medical care. They are going to have more access to vaccines and they're fucking making a bunch of money right now too. So yeah, they're Gucci. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're fine. Yeah. They're winning on every level. Yeah. Um, well, maybe the we economy should has ahead. never been better. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Great. Maybe we should go ahead and uh, close out on that last bit of yeah. good news. A yeah. Typical fashion on a happy note. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this has been you know, the first installment of 
the new mechanical freak. Wow. Uh, you know, thank you for joining us, Cassidy and Munya. Um, folks, they're going to be back, uh, you know, over the next, uh, over this year, uh, over the future. Yeah, they're going to be back there. regularly. Does that mean weekly? Does that mean daily? No. I don't know. You'll, just, you'll just have to Absolutely listen. Absolutely hey, not. Ca- Cass- Hourly. Cass- First off, <laughs> guys, guys. Stop! Look, we're doing it. We're doing an advertisement here. We no, they're going to be back weekly and made them commit <laughs> theoretically to being on once a month. Um, and we're very excited about that. Uh, we also have some uh, new patrons uh, to thank. Now, these new folks—they uh, are. Let's see: um, Red Emma, Tyler Pittman, and Matthew Jones. Thank you to our new suckers. They and everyone who has subscribed before them will always, in our hearts, be suckers. Uh, is everyone from out here out uh, uh, maybe MFers? Oh. <laughs> they're, just all, they're just all uh, freaks, you know. <laughs> Little freaks, <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, um, so thank you to our uh, suckers and MFers, uh, or MFers to come. You guys want to throw out your Twitter handles? Oh, uh, I'm Kornacki. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah, I'm Rodzi at R-A-A-D-Z-I. Wow. There you go. So follow them on Twitter. And, uh, I'm tweeting from my personal now in 2021. Oh, so yeah. No, 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 we call it like a commitment or whatever. He was going to create another Twitter account so that he can tweet twice as much, spend no, twice no, as I'm much time on Twitter. The same amount, but I'm going to Spread stop tweeting. I had this Twitter account. I just never <laughs> used it. I just used the show account because someone needed to generate Twitter content. And that's okay. We can keep doing that as we need to, but I'll, I'll save my personal thoughts for the uh, for my personal account. That's at SailPilled. Yeah. Check so out. twice as much Greg on Twitter this year. Uh, Brian have Twitters too. Yeah. Uh, Colin Brian is at CRTL, right? I mean, Colin is. That's yeah, you, right? that, that's the one. So <laughs> maybe, maybe this year I won't get blocked by people I've never engaged with who <laughs> are blocking me because uh, Greg's tweeting on the show. Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, God. And Brian, you're at Brian um, underscore I, no name. Yeah, the worst Twitter it's, handle. It's honestly that. the worst Twitter uh, <laughs> handle I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll work uh, on that. Yeah. Yeah. I joined Twitter like a long time ago and I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is this? Like a message board or something? Oh, well. But I, yeah, it's bad. Uh, well, you know, Twitter aside, uh, love to see everybody in the new year. And we're looking forward to bringing you guys all sorts of great content. Uh, off mic, Cassidy assured me that if we get more patrons, if more people sign up for the patron, <laughs> she will be on every week. Uh, oh, and yeah. she's actually going to run the show, do all <laughs> the <laughs> editing, yeah, do all yeah, the, do the editing, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, go ahead, go to Patreon, sign up. And uh, here's another here's another Patreon incentive. Um, if you become an MFer. Uh, you can hear the origin story of my mysterious Twitter handle. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, all right. I feel like I have an origin story somewhere, too. I don't know if it's Patreon or not, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So and, you know, there's also like uh, one of our more recent uh, Patreon episodes was um, 
Cassidy reading <laughs> the star charts for me and Brian and Colin. That was fun. Like, There's lots of good content. Greg, There's three saying- Scorpios on this podcast. That's all I'm going to yep. say. And Greg lot. is saying that she read the star charts of me, him, and Colin, which is technically true. But the reality is we got to the bottom of what's wrong with Greg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what that Does was really about. surprise anyone that I was ganged up on and roasted? <laughs> <laughs> Um, in future, at some point, we have to do a Patreon where, where we hear the star charts uh, for Cassidy and Munya. So, mm-hmm. yeah. right, okay. So. Well, everybody, you know, uh, Colin, do you want to do the sign off? Rest assured, Seattle still sucks. Bye. 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 <laughs> Good job, guys.